0: This is Novel Ideas, and we're meeting on September 22nd, a week later than normal, due to um, technical issues last week, and we're discussing the book The Dollhouse by Fiona Davis, so let's go around as we usually do and see what people thought about the book.
1: Well, I liked the book quite a quite a bit I got right into it I thought her the way she wrote was easy uh, clean with the declarative sentences kept me right in there and I really got into her characters uh, in 19 uh, I mean uh, 2016 uh, was rose and she was in a relationship that she thought was forever but it broke up and she was kicked out of her apartment and had no place to go and she lodged in the apartment downstairs with and took care of the old lady's uh dog who was gone after she had missed had talked to her and was really wondered who she was and what was her story and then in 1952 i really like those characters darby come in and she was felt so insecure and I can kind of relate to that sometimes. She felt insecure and that she was not as good as everybody around her and she got put on the wrong floor and all those girls up there, they were so active and, and uh, going out and changing clothes and all the makeup and everything and she wasn't used to any of that and her parents had kept her down thinking that she wasn't anything. And And then uh, she met the well, now I can't think of the girl's name uh, let me get see uh, and anyway uh, met the girl mm, the elevator operator and she's so dynamic person gone out trying to be a, a singer and everything I got into all of those characters and it was so easy to follow the the, the storyline even though it jumped back uh 2016 1952, 2016. I, sometimes when that happens, I can't get mixed up, and I can't remember in what, where I'm at. But this one seemed to be easy to follow.
2: Esme was the one you couldn't remember.
3: Well, this is Sherry. I liked the book too. Um, I thought it was kind of sad. I, I would have wished better for Darby than the life she ended up having. Um, and I thought the time jumps back and forth, too. I actually like books that do that, and this one was done well. There was no confusion. There was always a little announcement as to what month and year you were in. I was curious to see what you guys all thought of Ethne, or Esne. I never did figure out. I've never heard of that name before. I, I don't know if ultimately she was good for Darby or not. Um, I, I'm kind of torn on that. I liked her, Sherry. This is Marsha um,
4: she, she was, she was a, she was a human being, I mean, she had her, she had her flaws, but she, she was a good person, I really do believe at heart, and I really think she, in most cases, had the best interest of Darby, uh, at heart, also, um, but she was, she was a bit questionable there, you know, she was into the drug thing, and, and all that, and, uh, but I, I think she was just a, she was a human being who was trying to make it, and she, she had a tough life, and, uh, she didn't make the right choices a lot of the time, but, but I, I, I thought she, you know, she was a, she was a good person, and I liked the book, and I was not at all confused jumping from 1952 to 2016, um, you know the the chapters were clearly marked um, i also liked darby and and i'm i'm sad for her too you know what what kind of life she ended up leading or living um, but yes I, I really did enjoy the book Alan would like shelton
5: i like the book as well very much uh i like going back and forth between the two times in between t- uh 1952 and 2016, it really showed the differences in how young girls or how women were taught. I think this really was an actual place, this hotel uh, uh, Barbizon for young women. And uh, this Mrs. Eustace was such a, uh, back in the in in the day, I mean, she put everything of it. She clearly should not have put uh, Darby on with those, um, girls that were going to be working for the modeling agency they should have put them with the secretarial girls and she probably would have done a lot better uh, I couldn't believe how uh, kind of how the mother uh, you know I thought she was a bit you know hypocritical and and uh, with when when the the two of them talked and everything and and um, i I just thought that I thought at first she was going to be really nice, but she wasn't. She was she was just like the um, the stepfather, and that you know she just kind of wanted her daughter to fit into a particular thing, place, and uh, I, uh, I I thought it was a good book. It really ex- explored how you know it showed how these girls got to, uh, how the people aged and things like that, and uh, I really enjoyed the. Uh, the book I like the. Uh, Call
4: from,
5: uh, her, Franklin.
2: Uh, I Call from her, Franklin. I don't know who <laughs> from This is Alan. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed reading the book. I I, I ended up thinking the uh, the end didn't seem to be a little soft. I thought uh, I, I I don't know. It, it, I had a hard time believing the uh, the ending that they. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed reading it up until the ending, but I just thought the ending was a little bit uh, lacked believability. uh, The fact that Darby ended up, uh, I mean, she loved that guy. I don't really understand why she would have hidden herself in that hotel for all those years. And I I, I think uh, Rose was the only one that really believed that she was Esme because she had read that that letter, I think, when she was digging her stuff. But uh, that that never really made much sense to me, and uh, uh, I, I I don't know. I I just found the ending kind of kind of hard to believe. And then uh, I haven't heard that Esme name much. If you if you read those Twilight books that that involved, uh, uh, the, you know, the kids were all in a, in a roar about them for a while. That there were three or four of the books that had the uh, uh, the, van, the the teenage vampire and his girlfriend and stuff and the werewolves uh, I think the mother of the vampire family's name was Esme but uh, yeah I, I enjoyed the book but like I said I thought the ending was a little soft
1: I also uh, thought the book was good uh, and like I said I really got into the characters and everything 1952 and, and 2016 but uh, what I thought about the ending was that the Author, she had written something, and it was a tragic ending. Actually, with Dar- what happened to Darby uh, and Estime, was she fell Estime was fell off the roof while they were in a fight, and everything. And then Darby went her whole life just working in the button stores because she had got cut in the face, and I couldn't quite understand why she wouldn't ever show her face again. But it was a tragedy, and the author then. After she wrote that, she must have thought, "Oh, I can't leave it this bad. This this is terrible," and so she reached, I thought, for a happy ending, and she and that's where the book fell flat, flat, and became unbelievable. Is when she was trying to get uh, uh, Darby and um, Sam. Sam together, uh, so. That it kind of had a happy ending, and in the ending, you they were old folks, but but they were back. They loved each other again, and then there they were. And the book was happy ending, and everything's so fine. So I thought that was I thought that's what made the last part of the book weak.
3: Well, I I agree. I thought that was a little contrived but it was it felt good anyway Darby deserves some happiness I think Darby was just so incredibly insecure at first her parents put her down constantly she had no self-confidence she goes to this apartment building where there's all these beautiful models she has no self-confidence and then Esne pretty much although I agree with you Marcia that she was a nice person she took over her life in the same way that Darby's parents did, you know, pretty much controlling her and telling her what to do and what she was going to do and how she was going to live her future. Even though she had good intentions, Darby really didn't get to choose or she didn't make herself choose, didn't stand up for herself. And it's just so sad that she didn't get to go off with Sam.
0: I think yeah, I, I like Desmay. Um, but I wonder though You know, would Darby have really gone off with Sam? She she probably would have, but... I just... I think she was very insecure, and... She was just so used to... That, and I think in a lot of ways she was afraid, so Esme... Esme was... It it just seemed like that was a natural thing, even though it was something different. Esme really I think helped Darby to find somebody. She probably wouldn't have found Sam if it hadn't been for Esme and taking her to different clubs and introducing her to people and Sam introducing her to his mentor and just I think Esme was good for Dorby in a lot of ways but yeah she did take control and Dorby let her because she just didn't know how to say no I'm going to do this and stand up for herself Hi everyone sorry I
6: was late logging in Um, I enjoyed the book I was kind of Intrigued by I don't know if it was Just the way I was reading it or did anybody Else pick up on the fact that I think Esme really had more of an Interest in Darby than just a friend um, And saw Her as kind of Like You know the um, She saw Darby and she saw how Vulnerable she was and and, and She Wanted to rescue her. And, and I really think that there was an element of, of a romance in um, Esme's attraction to Darby. Um, and that's why she kind of lost her mind when, when, you know, Darby was saying, no, this isn't going to happen. Um, I don't know if anybody else picked that up or not. But, you know, I, okay. It's a fiction read. And, yeah, I mean, I think that we had to suspend our beliefs in in many ways but it felt good i liked the way it ended i mean every now and then on the evening news you'll hear about a couple that dated in high school and they go their separate ways and they find each other later in life and that's kind of what it felt like to me um another chance at love for both of them and uh but but i did enjoy this book it was it was kind of a feel-good you know intriguing book i thought rose was a little interesting um some some of her judgment was a little crazy. Um, you know, to move into Darby's place and go through her things. And um, I'm not sure a journalist would really do that. But, I mean, yeah, so there were a lot of things in this book that probably don't happen that often in real life, but it was
3: a fun story. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Liz. I forgot to say that earlier, but I agree with you. I thought that Esne was perhaps in love with um, Darby because they did share a kiss and... and Darby was a little bit attracted to her, too, but I think she liked Sam better, and so she was straight. Um, but, yeah, I think that's why Esme lost it. Now, I would have been really annoyed if the author had ended it with Rose's suspicions being true that Darby was really Esme. That would have been really annoying, so I'm glad she didn't go there. Oh, yeah, same here. I'm, I'm glad.
4: <laughs> it's like, you've got to straighten this out because I didn't really think Darby was Esme. It's like, come on, that's a little crazy. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I picked up on that. And remember, also, uh, Garvey's mother told her that uh, her father had been shamed uh, because he was uh, gay. And, uh, of course, she, she didn't find out about that until, boy, what a bad day she had that day, you know, when you know she got kicked out of school and, and then her mom showed up and, and you know, Sam was going to leave. And, oh, that was that was an awful day but um, uh, but then you know she so you know that's interesting that, that that you know her father being gay also and then and then Esme coming on to her and everything yes I picked up on that and I wanted to bring up the spices you know when when Sam took Darby to the drug dealers uh, shop of course we didn't know he was a drug dealer at the time but I was really fascinated with all the different spices and so on and and that's what sam wanted to to you know um open his own place so he could use these spices in his various um you know he wanted to be a chef and and prepare his foods with uh, these ingredients but uh yeah i thought that was a very interesting part of the book
0: i forgot about that but yeah i picked up on it too and I remember thinking that that was the case, but I forgot about it. No, well, I see Carla made it. I
1: uh, agree with others. I thought Esme uh, was in love with Darby for certain. But I tell you, when Ruth moved into the apartments, a new apartment, she uh, was moved downstairs. She went downstairs to do her wash and while she was down there, she heard this jazz music and uh, she just at one time she just laid up on the folding tables laid back and listened to, to the music and then she heard somebody screaming and I didn't hey the author just left that out where the hell did that music come from who was doing that screaming what was all that back Ruth didn't know anything about 1952 so it couldn't have been like that so where did it come the author just left that so music, screaming 1952 coming through the walls never was explained
7: yeah i made it um this is ironic but i had a worse time logging on tonight than last week i don't know the room was giving me some funky detours tonight that's why i'm a little late because i actually started early to log in well anyhow yes i was wondering about that too and i did um, i did catch on to that relationship and um I guess the book was okay. Um, it did keep you reading, and it was suspenseful, okay, you know, in and, and, and that way. And but I don't know. I had um, I thought Esme was a bit of a manipulator myself. Um, yeah, she um, tried to rescue. Yeah, she rescued Darby, but um, she was a bit of a manipulator, and it was she was sort of narcissistic in a way, you know, because it was all about her. She wanted to, you know, to to be the star, and she was trying to you know get um, Darby to go on board with that Um, you know the thing that I found the most interesting about this book was the changing social mores of the time how what was expected of young ladies back in 1952 versus um, how liberated we've become in, in, in 2016 and 17 well 17 wasn't in the book but you know what I mean that how different, um, how different a society it was. And that Mrs. Eustace reminded me of a house mother who had <laughs> school for the blind, I don't know, and it sort of reminded me of that kind of life. And I was also disappointed in the Gibbs School for cutting her um, Darby loose so fast she wanted to, to try again and they just they just cut her loose. Of course, I guess if they hadn't, we wouldn't have had the story.
5: Yeah, I thought that was um, interesting, too, that, you know, when all of these different girls, apparently this place, what, it, it, it I was interested, too, as to how the things, how much things have changed as far as people that, a young girl just didn't go off to New York without some kind of a chaperone or some kind of a place where they were chaperoned. They had very strict rules as far as curfews, and and uh, yeah, Mrs. Huse, Mrs. Eustace was something else, and I think I've known people like her as well, and and, um, it's interesting. The place where she came from was a place called Defiance, Ohio. I'm sure that has some symbolism, and it's not actually a town. And there was only one girl that was really nice to her, and that I don't remember her name, but she was from the South, and uh, you know, really did try to help her. because all the girls were winding up, they set her up with this date, and she wound up getting the ugly guy, and he was uh, had, you know, a pimply face and everything, and he then he tried to go after uh, Darby, and it was a really a horrible experience. And but this, um, I don't remember her name, darn. But uh, she had come from the south and was, you know, seemed to be more compassionate toward her than. Mrs. Eustace obviously should not have put her in uh, with these girls that worked for a modeling agency and were very uh, upscale. And and this poor girl from Defiance, Ohio, you know, she put on a regular dress and thought she was dressed up for the evening. And these girls came down in their gorgeous evening gowns and everything. And she just was kind of like a duck without, you know, out of water in this place. and it just, uh, e- you know, each of these girls. That Candy was mean. And, uh, the girl Candy was, you know, re- re- you know, mean and everything like that. I thought, but it was, uh, it sure certainly showed the difference in the, uh, the cultures and the, the whole thing at, with, uh, uh Esme and uh, Darby on the on the, on the roof having this big. Uh, fight and how that really just was a really bad thing for both of the girls and yeah uh, they both suffered for it both May and uh, Darby. you know um i think that there is a place of defiance ohio i think that that
6: really is a, a a real place but it did kind of i mean i can see girls who want to go into modeling going up to new york city but it seemed a little unrealistic that Darby would go from Defiance, Ohio to New York City for a secretarial school. I mean, I am sure that there was something a lot closer. So that, that whole thing seemed to, that was my first step. Like, well, okay, you know,
4: it, <laughs> it, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know. It seemed a little weird to me, though. Yep, there is a Defiance, Ohio. I think I've been through it. And uh, I, th- I think that's a great name. Oh shoot, I was going to say something else. Oh, and I can't remember the, the, the girl's name from the south either, but remember she was also one of the people who lived in, in the apartments there in, in 2016. And, uh, she, uh, she really read Rose the Riot Act, uh, a couple times, you know, when uh, she found out that, uh, that, that she, that uh, Rose was, uh, living in, uh, Darby's apartment and, and everything and, uh, even though she was taking care of her dog, but uh, I, I liked her. Doc on it, I wish I could remember her name, but
3: she was she was uh, very spunky. I can't remember her name either, so that makes at least three of us on this list. Um, I can vouch for Defiance, Ohio, too. I, I know I've been through there. It's a medium-sized town. What did you guys think of Rose moving into that apartment? I, I kind of liked Rose, but I thought that was just incredibly presumptuous and not only to live there, but to take uh, Darby's personal possessions in for other people to look at and handle. That just is shockingly bad behavior, but yet the author was good enough that I still liked Rose in spite of that behavior. And of course, it was quite predictable that Darby would come home before Rose had gotten out of there. We all, I think, expected that.
1: Yep. Defiance, Ohio, 16,000 people. But I uh, really liked Rose uh, too, and the fact that she was losing, uh, breaking up with a person that she thought she was going to spend her the rest of her life with, and she was so surprised and shocked of it. And when she moved into the uh, downstairs, I wanted that didn't that didn't hurt my feelings much. She just go in there and she was taking care of the dog and there wasn't anybody there anyway she didn't have a place to go to and she was confused not and everything so that uh, didn't bother bother me at all that she was down there that she read the books and stuff um, I guess if you were spending days and days uh, in someone's apartment she didn't go through her private things so much but the books on the shelves so
6: yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I I was bothered by, I mean, I, again, I think I said in the beginning that I think that that was probably the most unbelievable thing to me. I can't imagine a journalist um, moving into somebody else's apartment, you know, when they're not home. You know, it might be a situation of desperate, desperate times call for desperate measures sort of thing. But she, Rose also, I mean, she live was living with this guy knowing that he was married uh, and even you know, even though she thought they were going to get, you know, he and his wife were were done and stuff. But, you know, it's kind of like one of those things that you just don't, you, you just, it was a bad judgment call. And moving into Darby's apartment, I think, was another bad judgment call. But Rose herself was a good person. So it's like, you know, good persons make
4: mistakes. And I, I thought I was troubled by that, too. Yeah, I, I was, too. Um, I, I kept thinking, Rose, 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 you've got to get it together, you know, <laughs> but she, you know, I thought, what are you doing, and then she found the, and then she found the letter, and everything, I, I guess if she hadn't found the letter, she wouldn't, they wouldn't have, uh, you know, went and talked to Sam's brother, and all that stuff, and, you know, I guess it was, it was meant to be, but some of her actions were really questionable, Um but I know losing that guy um, didn't didn't help her mental state any. But she definitely uh, definitely needed to get back on on the right track.
0: Yeah, that really bothered me too. I liked her in spite of that, but it it did it really bothered me because she was living with a guy that was married and. Nine times out of ten, they go, those relationships go nowhere. And then to do to pull that and move into her place, that that really bothered me. I know I would be if somebody just up and moved into my place. I'd be pretty upset, as Darby was.
7: Yeah, um, you know it's funny. Uh, last week I came, I didn't get the message that there wasn't going to be a meeting, and Ladonna and I had a long conversation about it. And one thing that I expressed to him was, um, in in the book, I think one of the main characters was Bird, the dog. I think I think Bird was really a central piece in this in this novel because. He brought Darby into all the situations of of discovering um, what happened back in in 1952, and if if she didn't have Bird to take care of, she wouldn't have had an inroad into the apartment, even though, right, it's just not the right thing to do, to go in and barge into somebody's apartment and stay there and all that. Uh, I don't know if it was because she was a reporter and it was sort of a paparazzi sort of a spirit, but or else um, and maybe it was a combination of both i was going to say or else it's an act of desperation she had to vacate her own apartment didn't have anywhere to go and that apartment was there and i, I mean it's not something i would do but but getting back to it i really do think bird turned out to be the main one of the main characters in this book um, for all the situations that that he got darby into and got her in with the other women on the floor and everything
1: else that's true but what did you guys think about Jason you know when uh, Rose met him in the laundry room when she was doing her laundry room laundry when she first moved in there and she had to kind of a uh, hider underwear that was there she's the little frilly things she wanted to cover it up and everything but he was really friendly really friendly and o- opened up to her right away and and uh, was was so nice and then it turned out that he lived upstairs the top top floor and he was a musician and everything and uh, I kind of thought him, uh, he was a pretty neat character and carried Rose right along and helped helped her uh realize herself that uh, she was a, a, a reporter and she was going to do something else besides the crap that she was doing with that other company.
2: Yeah, I liked, I liked him. Uh, Smirky, is that what she called him when she was talking to her friend on the phone that time? But uh, uh, she needed to have a lot of her stuff smirked at, I think. But uh, uh, it, it, the the woman whose name we can't think of that was one of the models that Stella doesn't seem exactly right but it, it, maybe it's warm I just, I can't remember either none of us seem to be able to remember her name but uh, I, I, I liked her because she seemed like she was pretty pretty friendly and I, I hope to, to all goodness that she didn't know that that jerk that all but raped uh, Darby on that, that date, uh, surely she didn't know he was like that
4: I think it was Stella actually Alan, Now that now that you mention it oh Walter, that Oh man, he was a—he was a piece of work. I was thinking, it, yeah, Stella does sound right,
0: and
3: I liked Jason. Jason. Jason was a good guy. I liked Jason, but I thought I tend not to like romances in books that much because they're always so predictable. And I did think we knew Sam and Darby were going to get together, and we knew Jason and Rose were going to get together. I did think. Darby and Sam's romance was sweet, though, so the author did a good job with that one. Jason and Rose, yeah, it was okay. I liked them both, but um, I didn't care about them as much as I did about Darby and Sam staying together. I was glad that Rose didn't end up with that guy. I can't remember his name, the married guy. And I was glad that there was a point in the book where he wanted to get back together and talk to her, and she said no. I was glad to, to have that happen.
1: Jason and Rose getting together uh, like that uh, was just part of that happy ending that I thought that the author was reaching for. She had to do something. I mean, what a tragic thing that the book was pivoted story was on, and then she had to get s- s- something that was happy to the end, or we would all be saying, "Oh my, I didn't like that way that turned out."
4: Oh, yeah, and I forgot Jason was a, was a musician. I don't know if he was a musician or if he was just a, an audiophile or something because I know when they were over at uh, Sam's brother's house, and I can't remember his name, you know, he had all those records and everything, and, and Jason really got into that, but maybe he was a musician.
2: Um, Sam's brother's name may have been Malcolm, but don't hold me to it
4: yep it was boy we thank you Alan you're you're helping us out here yeah usually I can remember characters names
0: but I'm drawing a blank on this one for some crazy
3: reason I'm glad Carla brought up the dog because the dog I thought was well written usually dogs are just unbelievably lovable and this dog had a little bit of a Um, frostier personality, like he was a little bit of a curmudgeonly dog, but he was still, I really liked him, of course, and it was nice that Darby had him, so she had something to love in her life and something that got her out of the apartment.
1: Yeah, I know little dogs like that, 10-pound dog, take it out on a walk. He's going along, doing just fine, prancing, up, prancing along, but another dog come up, urgh. he's right over there right in his face. Another other dog's 30 pounds, and he's 10, and he's like that. Haven't you had a dog like that? I had a little dog like that before.
4: Yeah, I didn't mention Bert either, but yeah, he was he was a cool dog, and he he, he knew his mind. He knew what he liked and what he didn't. And, Carlo, you're right about him being a a main character in the book because a lot of things, Bird Bird was instrumental in a lot of things occurring in the book. So, yeah, I I liked old Bird. Yeah, Bird was, was good. He was actually, he was
0: Darby, Darby's dog, and he was perfect for Darby because Darby was just, I don't know. She just was a recluse in a lot of ways. So, and Bird was—he needed to go out, but he—he he was a curmudgeon, and so was she.
1: I had a hard time visualizing someone, uh, a woman that would go out in uh, 2016 and, and uh, uh, walk around with a veil over her face, and in my mind. I just couldn't picture that.
2: So who knows much about Sylvia Plath since they they felt the need to mention her several times, other than the fact that she was a poet. I know nothing about her. Does anybody? Nope.
4: I've heard the name, and that, that's that's about it. Um, but yeah, I know she was a writer, and, and that's all I know. But, you know, I thought it was kind of neat, you know, toward the end there about Esme's um, – great niece or whatever you know the fact that Darby would go out and and she went to where was it when she went out of town she I think she went to where Seattle or somewhere and uh you know and the and w- with uh, with Esme's uh relative and she would go see her uh when she performed in New York and so on and and she thought of as es- what did she call her her not her was it her
3: grandmother? What, what was it she called her? But I thought that was kind of a neat part of the book, too. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. She called her Tia, which is aunt in Spanish, and, and that was really nice. Um, uh, Sylvia Plath was a poet, and she killed herself. I think she, like, walked into the ocean or something really dramatic like that, but she might have been an OD. I don't, I don't remember
2: for sure. I think she went to see, uh, went to see her in Toronto, maybe.
3: Well, a long, long time ago,
7: I read some of Sylvia Plath's writing, and uh, she did sort of have a, a tragic life. I, I believe she really did struggle with some mental illness issues, and um, I don't know. Um, I, th- I think it was interesting how that was interwoven too, and how everybody just assumed that they were going to do the story that Sylvia Plath, um, you know, her former home and everything was going to be the central uh, theme of the story and that um you know but i don't know i i think it's it's really interesting how and symbolic how the barbazon has changed um anybody's been to new york um you know that um you know a lot of buildings are, are repurposed well anywhere really um, repurposed and um the fact that they, you know, they changed the, the fourth floor and the, they changed it into condominiums, and they, you know, that just the it, the changes that went along with the building um, were also symbolic. There, there's always a lot of symbolism in these things.
0: What I liked was just that you were <clears throat> in 19. 19- when you were in the chapters for nineteen fifty two, when they were talking about the Barbizon and its heyday, you felt like you were there. You could picture everything, you could picture these girls and and then and the seedier parts of New York, the nightclubs and the whole scene. It was I liked how the author was able to do that and you know make us see it and it was just I really loved it and some authors don't do well when they switch back and forth between the different time periods but it was just as good no matter if it was 2016 or 1952.
1: I thought that the author did a really good job of uh, painting 1952. I remember 1952, and reading the book, although it wasn't all just about that, somehow she gave the flavor of 1952, and in my mind, I was back there in that little town that darby came from i didn't not that little town but the one i grew up in which was very much like her and had the kind of same kind of mores that she grew up with and everything so the author painted that so beautifully that i remembered and felt that when when it was in 1952 i felt that i was back in
6: 1952 hi um you know, I've been trying to get get the mic for a while because I wanted to talk a little bit more about that date that Stella um, and Darby went on. To me, it felt pretty orchestrated. Um, it felt like a mean girl kind of hazing thing to do. It may not have been that. But especially that when Stella did what she was going to do with her date and then went back to made curfew she was back in time for curfew and yet Darby was still struggling and didn't get back in time for curfew and they're just I don't know it seemed a
3: little um it seemed a little intentional to me did anybody else get that
6: impression
3: yes Liz I totally agree um I thought the same thing that they Walter was reserved for the least um attractive woman in their group or whoever they didn't like I also thought, and maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but didn't one of the girls say something about previous girls had accused Walter of trying something, but they were just lying or, or something like that? So it's like there was a hint that people knew that he was a scumbag and they still set her up. And I would have liked her to have maybe broken some bones or something, but uh, she at least got away.
1: Yeah, I thought that. You saying that that sound, felt like a hazing situation, and I think that's exactly that. described very well what was going on there, and I think she was set up for uh, the ugliest boy. And uh, sometimes women can get together, I guess men too, and be just so mean to each other. And and Darby was, you know, uh, in. Uh, felt bad about herself and everything, self-conscious, and they were just going to do that to her as a trick.
0: Yeah, it was like they were going to see how she was, how she would hold up, and if she ran away. It just seemed like that was a test that they put everybody through. Because I do remember them saying that other girls had accused him of doing things and it, it was it was a
1: mean girl thing to do yeah they probably had a pecking order and darby was at the bottom of that pecking order yeah,
7: it reminded me of the bullying that um you know happened even during my childhood there was a lot of bullying and, um, you know, it just, I, I just don't know why people have to be cruel to each other. I, you know, everybody has enough struggles as it is. It's It's—it's a shame that people can't just be more supportive, and I, I just don't understand intentional cruelty and bullying and hazing and all that stuff. I, I guess I've just never understood that.
2: Well, go back to people's family of origin and see how they were raised and stuff, and that, that'll give you a lot of the answers a lot of times. Uh, unfortunately, a, a lot of folks were raised and uh, uh they have no self esteem they got nothing and uh it comes out later in their in their personalities i think uh you know my my uh my my pop psychology for the day
3: well I think they kept including walter because wasn't he rich or something too, so he was part of the guy's group that they went out with. Um, it also was an opportunity for Esne to step up and be quite a hero in, in helping Darby out. At least she felt sympathy for her, unlike these other snobs, including Stella, who was seemed to be torn between whether to be nice to her or stick with her clan.
6: Yeah, I think Stella saw herself as a bit of an outsider, too. And did you get the impression that Stella kind of lived a life of real promiscuity in that That was how, that's how her path unfurled. Um, But yeah, I think she felt like a fish out of the water. And sometimes when you yourself are feeling like the, you know, like the outside of the group, but the rest of the group seems to be willing to accept you, sometimes you can get pulled into their, to their games because you don't want to be rejected like Darby was rejected because that could have easily happened to Stella too.
3: Yeah, I think Stella told Rose later that she had lived her life kind of as a kept woman. Uh, at least that's my memory
0: yeah i think that's what happened too boy i did not
7: like darby's mother at all and you know i was thinking um one of you had said that it was hard to believe um, her going all the way from defiance and having to go all the way to new york um, to go to, to secretarial school but i'm just wondering if it was a way of of her mother and Mr. Saunders to get her out of the house and, you know, to, you know, to get rid of her in one way. And then in another way, um, maybe she really was trying to send her to a prestigious secretary school to, you know, that, so that she would, um, you know, that that she could um, really make something of her life and become somebody's secretary and then get married or do whatever that women didn't in that particular time. I, I sort of go back and forth, but I think she was terrible to her. I, I think everybody was was terrible to her. The school expelling her, not giving her another chance, and then her mother. And I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I was losing patience with her mother.
1: Yes, her mother did seem to be awful, pretty, kind of a rough kind of a woman. But she was sending her to that secretary of school using the last of the insurance money she had. So it was the last of Darby's money. She, she didn't go off and spend it somewhere else. She was spending it on Darby's education and giving her a chance to get uh, work in a secretary's office. And like you say, c- eventually get married. But she did spend the last of that money on her.
6: And she certainly let her know at every single possible opportunity.
3: Yes, she certainly did. She was a real ogre. And again, she did it. She made the decision for Darby. She didn't ask Darby what she wanted to be. Darby really wasn't that interested in being a secretary. Hopefully she was happier doing the bookkeeping. In
0: some ways, it's no wonder Darby had the attitude she did and was so aloof from people because of the way she'd always been treated.
4: Well, remember, too, Mrs. Eustace was instrumental in helping Darby uh, stay on at at the Barbizon, and uh, and then the school helped her get that job at the button factory. So I guess they those two... You know, uh, entities kind of came through, so um, I'm glad that worked out for, for poor Darby, and she didn't have to go back to defiance.
2: Yeah, Darby's mom was a witch with a capital B, and I'm, I'm sure when uh, uh, it, her her, her leaving and, and not contacting Darby anymore was probably one of the best things that, that happened to Darby. I hate to say that, but uh, it seemed to be the way that the character was drawn.
1: And so I said a while ago, I had a hard time uh, visualizing a woman going out with a veil over her face all those many years from 52 to 2016. Did did you guys visualize that? I wonder how, how did that come in your mind?
6: That was a little odd. However, um, I think New York City is very forgiving of differences in that respect. So if she was going to be able to do that anywhere, it probably would have been in New York City. And it kind of gave her that character, the persona, like really mysterious, you know, the veiled woman walking her dog. I mean, it was it was a tragic, kind of mysterious, almost um, exotic kind of character to it. But I think she could have gotten away with that in New York City, perhaps. Maybe I'm maybe I don't know New York, New York City very well, but it just seems like a a place that really forgives a lot of differences and and kind of embraces them.
4: Oh yeah, there's. I've, I've never been to New York City, but every from everything I've heard, it's very diverse and no telling who you're going to run across there in in New York City. So you know, she probably got the odd look every now and then, but I'm, I'm sure that you know. And she and she worked in the same uh, store for what thirty years or whatever, doing the books and and uh, everything. So I'm sure as she made her way around town or whatever, uh, people just kind of got used to seeing her as as she chose to be.
3: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think people probably that saw her all the time just thought she was a little standoffish. And I remember women's hats had veils. I seem to remember Jackie Kennedy wore a hat with a veil when she was in mourning after JFK was killed. Of course, that was in the 60s, and I wouldn't think women's... Hats with veils were very popular in the 70s and 80s. And then, of course, in the 90s, when you have more Muslims living in New York, you're know you going to see more veils of that type. Not exactly a veil, I forget what it's called, but like everybody said, they just see a lot of different types of people. And I think people probably just ignore her.
1: I think you're all right about that, how she's accepted in New York. But what I was kind of asking is, when I read a book, I actually see things... In my mind's eye, I actually see that bill
6: You know, I do too. I I, the, there's, I, I kind of disappear into the book and I see the people and I see the surroundings, and at least in my mind's eye. So that's why I really love books is because I feel like I get to go on a little adventure every time I read a new book.
4: Yeah, that's how I am too. Um, do we want to start talking about for a book for next month or keep going here? Jeez, that time went
0: fast. It's almost 10 o'clock already. (laughs) Thanks, Marsha. I didn't realize it was that late. Yeah, if nobody else has anything they want to add, we can talk about next month. Okay, well, one of the books that I guess um, the book that Bob and Ruthann and I talked about was a favorite of mine that I actually haven't read in years and it's by Belva Plain she has so many great books and so the one that we're thinking about is Crescent City and it's DB20948 and it takes place if I remember correctly I haven't read it in a long time but it's it takes place in the 19th century and um the father brings his two children over from Germany and the book focuses on Miriam and it's her story and her um I believe it's it takes place during the civil war and she's she marries some she marries a guy and it's not a good one and different things happen it's a typical Belva plain and like I said it's been years since I've read it but it is a good
3: one I really like Belva plain but I have not read that one yet she's one of my favorite authors like I said I think I've read all of her books and
0: geez, one's just as good as the next. If I have to pick one, it's hard. Well, Evergreen is probably my most favorite, but I like them all, but Evergreen is number one.
7: Well, I don't know if I'll you know, be with you in, in October or not. The state um, BCB convention is and although being my mom's caregiver and she fell again so right know she's back in manor care which is a local home but by then she'll probably come back because they're always cutting them loose or I don't know what we're going to do though my brother thinks she ought to go to assistant living but um uh, she wants to come home I think I should come home myself but um so if I'm here I'll be with you but um if I'm for some reason I'm not here I'll be at the convention but no I've never um, how does Belva Plain spell her last name I was trying to write this down just in case
0: it's plain like um plain it's P-L-A-I-N B-E-L-V-A P-L-A-I-N and it the book number
4: is two zero nine four eight. Yeah, I'm on the book right now. It's a long one. It's fifteen hours and twenty one minutes, and uh, I'm going. I'm getting ready to put it on my book list and uh, check it out. And uh, oh, Carla, I, I hope your 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 mother will be okay. And uh, if she if she wants to come home, I I hope that what she gets to do.
0: Yeah, I hope so, too. I heard about Pat, what happened to Pat, and I'm really sorry to hear it. Um, So I I hope that everything works out and she can come home. We'll meet on the 20th.
1: Can you give that book number one more time, please? Thank you.
0: Two, zero, nine, four, eight. City,
2: and it came out in 1984, or at least that's the the date they've got in the annotation.
0: Yeah, it's one of her older books. Heartwood is her last one, and that's part of that's the last one in the series that starts with the Golden Cup, Evergreen Tapestry, Harvest. I think there's and Heartwood, I think there might be another one in between there, but anyway. Um Heartwood was the last. She passed.